maybe she's born with it. Or maybe she's not. Let's get into it with Rachel Joy on episode 68 of No Boring Stories. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and one of my three core values is authenticity. Cannot stand it if you are faking it. Today on the show, we're going to talk about authenticity. We're going to talk about the reality of choosing who to be and how to become that person with Rachel Joy. She is a certified trainer and master practitioner in NLP, EFT, time techniques, clinical hypnotherapy, and life and success coaching. Ooh, she's got it all. Rachel takes a unique approach to generate freedom in her clients' lives, and she's doing that specifically in her incredible signature program, Transcend Academy, right now. We are going to talk about all of that and how she got here, and that's where we're going to spend most of our time, is really discussing the journey to get to being the person who is a master practitioner and all those things and why it matters. You're going to love this conversation if you have felt like you are less than others, if you have felt like you have an uphill battle and you just wonder if you maybe just aren't meant for the big thing. And yet, deep down inside, there is a glimmer of hope that you are. If that's you, you're going to love this conversation and Rachel's story. She just brings so much. She's got so much to teach us, and it just comes out as she tells her story. It's really an incredibly lively conversation. We have a lot of fun together, and I'm excited for you to get to know Rachel and hear her story now. So let's not wait any longer. Let's get into it. Rachel, how are you? Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm fabulous, as previously speaking, before this recording. <laughs> That's my word. <laughs> uh, you asked me how I was earlier. I was like, fabulous. You're like, that is a dynamic word, man. Yes, because like you said, most people just usually answer, oh, I'm good, you, and they just breeze over it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're fabulous. We're here. We're about to create magic. That's it. There yes. we go. Excellent. Okay, good. We're in this creative space together. We get that is that is a fun part of this. I think you're the one of the only people that has talked about and you mentioned it a couple times now just in our opening conversation and now after hitting record that we're creating something here today. Tell me about that idea. Is that is that how you go into podcasts? Is that how you go into your day into, you know, you even doing your own thing? Yes, 100%. When you said even doing your own thing, I hate to use the word content creator because I like sometimes don't think of myself as a creative, Mm. but deep down, that's what we're doing with this work, whether we're creating content to get our message out there and attach and connect with our audience, or we're creating a transformation in a coaching session, we're constantly creating. So when it comes to a podcast, we're creating together, whatever transpires in this conversation is a creation that is hopefully we intend to impact somebody in some way right it really is yes of course that is i think 
in my humble opinion, the most beautiful way to look at this. I mean, yeah, every day is that you're, you're taking part of an act of creation in an act of creation um, in this world. We're making something brand new that's never happened before. We're all a part of this day. I mean, let's get really kind of macro. I was going to say, this. if we're going to go deep right away, we're going into the realm <laughs> of like manifestation and quantum physics right off the bat. Hell yeah, let's go in. <laughs> because I think it says a lot about who you are and how you're showing up right now and therefore how you help people. And, you know, we'll get into that specifically yeah. what you do and why you do it. But just a small little comment like that can reveal so much about how you see the world, Rachel. And that, I think that is so significant. And so for us to be in this space, yes, we are creating literally a digital file here. Let's get some NFTs on this. (laughs) I don't know enough about that, so don't get me started. I don't know either. (laughs) That's right. I don't know. Like this will sell for for Bitcoin? I don't know. I wish. But I mean, that's that idea of creation, I think is important. And and we get the opportunity here to to be a part of that. Something you said to me earlier, I mean, like in the pre-recording, even yeah. like in the form that you fill out, is that your authenticity is your biggest marketing tool. Oh, yes. Now, I love this. I think that this is the key to standing out today in this wildly complicated market that you showing up truly as you are, we see it, we sniff it out, and we're attracted to it. Yeah. Tell me what that means to you. Your authenticity. What does that mean? Authenticity being your biggest marketing tool? Yeah. Well, as using it as a marketing tool, I mean, can you really show up authentically if you're thinking of marketing? Yeah, because I guess this goes back to what we were talking about before with creating, Mm -hmm. even though business is business. And I do look at how am I marketing things? What is my strategic plan in positioning certain products and offers? At the end of the day, it is a sacred practice for me. Like it really is an art. Mm. Everything I sell, everything I create is an extension of my heart and soul in some shape or form. So I'm deeply passionate about what I do. And so with that, even though being your true authentic self does create leverage in your marketing. It's not about the marketing. It's more about following your heart, doing the thing you're passionate about. And when you do that, because you're in your authentic truth, naturally the marketing and the hype and the audience that you've been desiring tends to follow. Like you and I were speaking about that, as you said, in your uh, own unique experience, when we spoke, I was like, I feel like you've really expanded from the time when we first met and you're like, well, what does that mean? And we were sharing about coming into your own authentic truth. And you shared how, you know, that you, they came to this point where like, you know what, I just, I'm just going to go all in. I'm just going to be me. I'm not afraid of them saying no anymore. And that's what it's about because think of it the other way. If you didn't do that, if you weren't standing fully in your authentic truth, what would the result be? They can still say no. And chances are they will say no, because Mm -hmm. there's this weird energetic shift or thing that happens when people, like people know when you're not being your true authentic self, because you're trying too hard, essentially, it comes across. I've been trying to put some, I just want to lean into this for a second, because I think you're just, you're a good person to to talk about this with, even as you talk about it right here. Yeah, there's, there's clearly there's passion behind it, but there's also experience around this. And I've been trying to define that essentially, because that's the the best I have is you can notice, you can see when someone is being inauthentic. But at this point, 
that's about as clear as I can get with it. Is there anything else that you can add to any specific markers that you can see, I guess? What do you have? What's coming to mind is the topic of embodiment. Have you heard this word or this topic? Well, sure. I would not be in a, <laughs> capable to talk about it, but uh, I hope that you are because you're going to go I am. Okay, it. so let's, let's talk about, you know, stepping into your higher self or creating that reality of your dreams, you know, thinking of that higher level identity that you hold for yourself that you're not mm. quite there yet. This is a conversation that you will have oftentimes in self-love, business coaching, fitness coaching, even like picturing yourself as a healthier, more fit version than you are currently, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's the term embodiment is also very loosely thrown around in the coaching industry, particularly, I would say, in the spiritual coaching realm. Sure. Like around like manifesting kind of yeah, thing. Like you, you need exactly. to embody the person that you see yourself becoming Bingo. now or something, right? Okay. But what does that really mean? Like I yes. have so many students inside of Transcend Academy that ask, I hear Rachel talk about embodiment a lot. I see it all online. What, what, what does that even mean? Like I get it, but I don't get it. So embodiment is stepping into your authentic self. So it's that pivotal moment where something just clicks. It's like you've practiced enough confidence. You've practiced enough courage. You've practiced sales enough. You've practiced the content creation enough, whatever it is that you're striving towards. You've practiced it enough to the point where it's now second nature to you. You don't have to try to be anybody else. You literally Mm -hmm. are that person. And that's embodiment. Sounds like a lot of work to get there. (laughs) When did you decide that? (laughs) Okay. You're like, damn, I'm getting coached too now on this session. No, no, no. (laughs) Okay. But so follow up question. Okay. So somebody who seems like they're showing up at that level, seems like they're showing up in its second nature. It's, they're just constantly coming out with stuff and it's even powerful stuff. Like it is, it's making a difference. It's impacting people. And yet I might sit there and go, something's off about this person. Like some, mm. it feels like somebody feels like everybody that's following them is getting duped in some way. Like they, something's not there and yet they're making an impact. So let's not yeah. poo poo that, but maybe it's not my job actually to judge and to figure that out. But, but how do we know if, you know, if that embodiment is actually there and real? Okay, how do you actually know if the environment's there or real? This is a hard one because two things are coming to mind. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of somebody in particular based off of what you said with where I had a similar experience. And that person ended up being the real deal. I actually invested into one of their programs because I was like, you know what? I'm tired of judging this person. I'm going to find out for myself. You know, that's the smarter thing to do. So I invested in one of their programs. And I would say for the most part, they were the real deal. But it has to be the real deal for you because the way that that person was doing things was not how I wanted to do it at all. She's great at what she does, Mm -hmm. but if I was to take on the same level of capacity, the same level of boundaries, her own unique approach and how she approaches her marketing and content and everything, I would be, I don't know. Yeah. Extreme, extreme, extreme burnout. Like my life would be in shambles because of the amount of of time and work she puts into it. Now, yes, you have to put time into your goals, but you get to decide if you're going to work 60 hours or 20 hours a week. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have one more. Great. I love that. The other thing is sometimes you're judging because that person has something that you want that you haven't fully embodied yet. 
Yeah. And so you're triggered by them. Yeah. So then you have to get clear on asking yourself, like, what is this really bringing up for me? And get yep. curious about that so that you can, if it is a trigger, you can then go dive in. And then naturally they get to be one of your teachers without even paying them as a mentor because they just <laughs> helped you solve that trigger. But you have to be willing 100%. to accept that. And so I think that that came up when you were even saying the first one is like, oh yeah, okay, this sounds like, it's not about competition, but celebration. Like, well, sure, I'll just go in. Like, what if I, I'm, I'm judging from a distance or I'm making up something from a distance. What if I go in and then I go in and I see, oh yeah, no, there's something real there. It's just not, it's not my, that's yeah. not the way I would do it. And then the other one is this, something's showing up there that you have to, it's a mirror. It's showing yeah. you something about yourself. And so we, and that's what I said earlier, like maybe it's not my job to figure this out for someone else. It's typing someone on the Enneagram. They constantly don't <laughs> type other people because you just don't know. The surface may not be what's inside. And so I think what I'm hearing from you, A, thank you because you're already showing us your expertise. You're already just opening things up for me. You're asking me, when did I decide something? <laughs> I'm, May or may you're not. Like, still that. like, when did I decide that? <laughs> I just, I've blacked out since then. I'm just constantly thinking about this. <laughs> so, yeah, there's also something that we can focus on here because authenticity is the key. And mm -hmm. if someone's out there thinking, well, great, Alex, how do I show up authentically? Yeah, there's a, there's a path here. Yeah, and the path is through embodiment and. Look, I already know that you're somebody that's an expert to help us through that, to guide us through that. Um, tell me a little bit more. What do you do now? You know, what do you say? What this is who I am, this is what I do, and this is the impact that I really see. My elevator pitch changes depending on who I'm speaking to, because what I do is so hard to put into like one word. To some, I'm a life coach, to others, mm -hmm. I'm a business coach, and then to another group of people, I'm training and certifying coaches in a variety of modalities. So what specifically do I do? I am like by title, a certified trainer in NLP, neurolinguistic programming, uh, mm -hmm. EFT, which is known as tapping, hypnotherapy, time techniques, which is similar to timeline therapy and life and success coaching. So that's really my main thing. Yeah. Training and certifying. But like at the core of all these little pockets that I get to yeah. play in, I really just help people peel back the layers of self and break down the barriers into freedom. And there's a key right there, right? So when that happens, then whatever, you know, how you show up yeah. and you work with these people, it leads to a result. It leads to an impact. And you're mm -hmm. saying that the impact is we're peeling something back. So when that happens, how does that affect them? It can be so multifaceted. Like I'm just imagining in my head right now, like dominoes. Right. Mm. Cause like when you change one thing in your life, oftentimes so many other things change. For example, the metaphor that's coming to mind right now, or like analogy is we were talking about fitness earlier. So if you become that healthy fit person, let's say maybe you weren't mm. so fond of your body, but now you've lowered your body fat a little bit and you've gained a bit of muscle and you look in the mirror, and you're like, Ooh, I look good. You're going to be more confident. You're going to feel naturally feel more happy because you're working out more. So now your whole perspective on life changes because you're no longer that 
lack of confidence. So, so person, you're happy, you're confident, you're outgoing, you're going to look at the world that way and say, oh, there's an opportunity for me. Hey, that's a cute girl. I think I'm going to go ask her out. Whereas if you never went to the gym in the first place, for example, if that was your goal, you might never ask that person out. Right. But that end, that end result of making your own choices, is it that confidence? You know, one domino leads to the next and then there's some sort of- How do you get to the end result? Is that what you're asking? In your mind, what do you see as a typical or what's your very favorite end result of people that you serve? Oh, that's a great question. What's my favorite end result? This unshakable sense of like internal power. Wow. Like knowing that you can accomplish anything, you can have anything, you can be, do, have anything you want. That's the best end result. Mm. Need to sit in that for a second. That's good. I know. I'm like, <laughs> let's let's just. It, it's so good. It feels so good. Internal power. It's similar to you. Like you said, you just dropped into it. It's like when you drop in. You just drop in. There's no going back. Even if obstacles or challenges arise, you will never be taken out of your power ever again. You just yeah. can't. Yeah. And the fallacy is that now you're unshakable or indestructible means that nothing hurts or nothing gets in the way, but it's barriers are still there. The hurdles are still there. The dips yeah. are still there, but there's some sort of new internal power to use yeah. your words. And I wouldn't say nothing hurts because it does hurt, but nothing exactly. hurts for too long when you know how to harness your power. Yeah, it's climbing, it's coming out of the dip quicker. 100%. I talk about, you know, even flipping that. You picture a dip, whoop, it's a little ditch. And I talk about even flipping that mm. and seeing that that's the climax. Yeah. You know, as far as the story arc goes, it's this rainbow, it's this thing. And now the hard part is climbing up out of that hole. <laughs> But maybe it's, no, I'm actually coming. I get to ride the mountain down now. Yeah. So internal power, this power, is that how you feel? Is that like, that's how you're showing up more, like more than ever in a totally new way? What? Definitely more than ever. It's interesting because we're always evolving. Mm -hmm. So even though I feel it in my power right here, right now, today, I know there's another version of me in the near future that I haven't fully embodied or mastered yet. Does that make sense? Well, for sure. But are you going to focus on the future self? Hell no. No, I'm just saying I still got ways to go. Like, yes, I'm fully my power and I haven't made it yet. This is the beautiful part about our story, right? As you're on page or chapter 12, or maybe even this is the last page of the book that's being written right now, but we hope and desire that there's more to come and there is still more book to be written but it's yeah. not my job to tell you what's in book seven when i'm in book three of the series you know totally so for where you're at right now experiencing something that you in more of a way than you have before yeah where does that begin for you this idea of if i can land on that word unshakable yeah. internal power or, or let's just go with power was that instilled in you as a kid? Was that oh God, something no. <laughs> that in your home? What was that like? Yeah, okay. So tell me. I wish, I wish I grew up with, you know, unshakable power instilled with me. I don't think anyone does, but I actually used to say, like, introduce my story with like, hey, I'm Rachel, yada, yada, yada. I just don't know if it's nature, it might be nurture, don't know, but I was born with a lower sense of self-esteem than most. So like, that's how I used to introduce myself. So I definitely 
wasn't born with instilled power, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah. That just, I don't know if, if it's the parent in me, if it's the <laughs> uh, ex youth pastor in me, or if it's just the human in me that I hear that and I just go, wow something just sunk there when I like you think of this idea of like born with less self-esteem than anyone else. There's immediately a measurement that's in play there, right? When you're an infant, you're not thinking I'm a dirtbag somewhere along. (laughs) That's why I would say. An infant doesn't know what a dirtbag is, but depending on the energy that child's given, you could. Okay. Have you heard of epigenetics? Um, No, I was going to make some joke about it, but I couldn't think of it. I don't know enough about it, but I do know that a part of the study is the concept that when you're in the womb, Mm -hmm. you associate and adopt whatever feelings and experiences the mother's feeling. And it can even go back as far as other generations. So for example, before I was even in existence, I was a tiny, tiny little egg in my mom's Mm -hmm. ovaries when she was in my grandmother's womb. So not only was I experiencing my mom's pain, but also my grandmother's pain. In a way, part of it could be genetic or psychological based off of like generational trauma. Another part could be nature, which that would be the genetic part, or could be nurture based off the environment you grew up in or both. That's fascinating. And that's going to open up and send some people down a rabbit hole for sure. Hey, you want something for free that's going to help you with your speaking? Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to, and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So you're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching, or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income, and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time, and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that helped me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks, and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve-wracking presentation. So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now, I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time uh okay so when you say that you said i used to introduce my story like this yeah um how does that how did that show up your your you know we little rachel self-esteem yeah How did it show up? I just remember as early as three years old, feeling very different to other people. Mm. I remember having like self-consciousness issues around my body at that age. Mm -hmm. Like I remember having 
a firm, cute little baby belly still at three years when most of their, like, as you become a kid, your belly starts to flatten out. Mine did not. And I just remember being very self-conscious about that as early as three years old. It also showed up in nervousness and like social situations, showed up in sadness. I also like to say that I didn't know true happiness until I was about 20 years old. So yeah, it shows up in a lot of different ways and affects your perspective of life, which is going to affect the results that you get. Were you aware enough of that, that you were like, I just wish that I didn't feel this way? Like what, what did you desire back then? I desired to be different. I did. I, I desired to be happy. Like what at the opposite of what I was feeling. To be different than you were. Not yes, to be different, different from others, than I was. Yeah. yeah. Um, desire to be happy, desire to be loved. I didn't feel loved. Desire to be, even though I was loved, I didn't feel loved. Mm-hmm. Desire to be liked by friends. Liked and loved. Yeah. I guess deep down I was desiring connection. Yeah. What's that distinction between I, I was loved, but I didn't feel loved? I'm like, in my head, I'm like, it was me. Because I was loved. Actually, that's not true. You know what? I, as a child, I experienced some traumatic events. And even though I was loved, I think those traumatic events left too much of an imprint on me psychologically at the time to see how loved I truly was. So there's a sense of you're going through life in these like tumultuous teenage years and, and, you know, junior high years and everything's shifting and changing and life's an earthquake as it is. Who am I? Where do I belong? What's my role in this world? And all the while you already have decided or feel like I'm different. High school was brutal for me. Yeah. (laughs) Not from a social standpoint, because I was in the cool crowd, but like emotionally behind closed doors, I was a mess. And that's actually where ended up finally getting to finding that power within me was after like my depression getting so bad in high school and finally having to do something about it. Even that though, you're like, no, no, I had this desire to be liked. And I was also in the cool crowd. And I was in the cool crowd. I still didn't feel good enough. So was that all just a facade? Like what was the effort there? If people are genuinely like accepting you or pulling you in or saying you belong here, I wasn't accepting me. So when did that shift? You said something needed to change in your teenage years. After high school. Yeah. So when I was, I think I was around 18. I lied. I was 19. Okay. So I was 19. I'm like trying to get Terrible. Ruins everything. I'm getting so old. (laughs) It's getting hard to keep track. I was 19 and my mom and I had just gotten in a fight. Uh, My parents had separated after in my 18th birthday, they separated around that time they're together now but growing up it was one of those relationships where you know there was a lot of love in the home but there was also a lot of dysfunction and shouting and just they probably should have done couples counseling a lot earlier than they did Mm -hmm. but they've done it and they made it so that's great but it really affected me at the time so was it just you only child or like I have two older brothers yeah okay right yes so my mom and I had gone in a fight And I was just, you know, I felt like my entire external world was just crumbling. And the fight was about my parents separating. And my mom said to me something along the lines of, 
I know what you're going to do. Cause she was dropping me off to my friend's house. The guys, I hung out with the guys. Uh, she's like, I know what you're going to do over there. Don't go and get high, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not mom. Like you think that's what I'm going to go do. And we just got in a massive fight and I couldn't keep that up anymore. I was tired of my mom being on me. She has a recovery background. I was smoking and drinking a lot and I just couldn't do that anymore. So I wrote her a letter explaining what was going on in my life, how I was feeling. And it basically, we had this conversation. It led to a conversation where I was like, I know I have greatness within me. I, I want to be great. I just don't know how, how to be great. And then like four days later, I was on a plane to Salt Lake City, Utah to go to a residential treatment center. And that's, that's how and where it started. So again, there's this juxtaposition between I don't like myself, I don't love myself, I don't know what to do or how to be this, I'm nervous, I'm comparing, I'm sad, Mm -hmm. and also I know that there's something great within me. What? Like, What was that greatness? Like, how did you know? I guess so. That's the thing that I think, you know, if, if we can all tap into that, if you can discover that, if that, that's the nugget that I think that's the little spark that is put in and stays there, that that's the reason that I work with a 60 year old and help her discover something new about herself that she's never really seen as consistent in her life, because there's been this, this spark of greatness all along that simply needed to be lit or exposed or uncovered. And you knew it was there though. Nobody was really telling you. No, no one was telling me. I think honestly, to me, knowing that there was greatness within me was the peace. Like it brought me internal peace because I hated who I was. I hated my life so much that I didn't want to exist, but I wasn't going to do anything about that. And Mm -hmm. so it was the only thing that made sense to me. I was like, well, if I am here, if I am meant to exist, there's got to be a bigger reason why. So then you go to this treatment center and things shift. Yeah. Was it just the support there? Was it the, you know, here's other options. Was it some sort of, was it self-development? Was it just getting away from the, the substances? What shifted there? How did it shift? Well, I mean, there was lots of things. Everything you just said was yes and to all. I think residential treatment is something that honestly, every single person should have the privilege of experiencing. I like to explain it as sleepover camp for adults. You know, I, I had 60 days started as 30, but I had 60 days of complete undivided attention on me where I got to have the therapeutic support I needed to look back on my entire life up until that point to notice you know, how could I have done things differently? Or where did I give my power away? Or what boundaries do I need to implement to support me to be healthier and happier moving forward? I got to ride and play with horses. I Mm. got to go to the movies. I made new friends. So it really was like sleepover camp, I explained. I mean, I also had to do a lot of chores and wake up early and go to the gym when I hated going to the gym. But that's now actually a staple in my life. Like I, if I'm not going to the gym regularly, I can slip into like a laziness slumber, let's call it yeah, pretty quickly. So the thing that really changed was through doing all those things, I started to just look at things differently, particularly myself. Like that was the first time when I started to actually love who I am because before it was, 
all the external reasons or the things that had happened to me that made me not good enough or not lovable. But none of that's true. Just imagining, you know, again, 19 years old, when I first started life coaching, there's a lot of young adults that I was working with 21, 23 uh, people in college. And, and they're asking me, you know, what's next? What do I do? And I remember them specifically, there's one guy, and he's like, yeah, I told my friends that I I've got a meeting with my life coach. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, but wouldn't it be amazing if every student had something like this? If everyone had, I just think of that going to 19 before you actually step out to college. I mean, depending what age it is, whatever. Yeah. But if you had that kind of a focus, that sort of an identity clarification so that you're not figuring that out in the drunken stupor of, par <laughs> of party school and whatever groups you're getting involved in, you made a significant shift to figure out who you were yeah. as you enter adulthood. I was in therapy my whole life. So <laughs> like I knew I had right. leverage on that and addiction ran in my family. So I had seen enough of it to kind of play it forward. Like I was to the point where it didn't matter how much I smoked. I just wasn't getting high anymore. And for a very little girl, I could drink a lot, but there's only so much drunkenness you can hold in a day. Right. At that point, it was like, well, crap, either I'm going to have to use something harder and stronger, or I'm going to have to live my life completely different. Mm -hmm. And I flashed, I had like a flash forward, even though my mom was not dysfunctional, I had a flash forward of like me as a parent and having to break it to my kid, like my mom did that. I, I was mommy's going away to treatment mm -hmm. um, or going away to rehab. And that was a very difficult time for me at 12 years old when my mom went away. And so I didn't want to put my child through that. So at that point, I was like, I got to figure something else out. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to be that parent. And so uh, significant things here, right? Yeah. I mean, I just, I think people are going to hear this and they're going to, as we create something here for someone to listen to. I would encourage those that are listening to go back and listen to what you're saying here, because it's as much a narrative as it is education and hearing mm. these experiences that are going to enlighten things for people that are listening, saying like, whoa, that, yeah, that's what happened to me, but I've never been able to describe it. Yeah. But Rachel just did. And so I just think that's so significant. So we're not winding down quite yet or landing the plane, but I, I just feel like the need to say thank you for how you are opening this up for us. Thank you. How does that then carry you forward, you know, to where we are now? Obviously, there's a lot in between, but yeah, kind of bring us through that journey. So how does that carry into stepping and fully being in my power now? Well, mm -hmm. I came home. I was dedicated to the 12-step program for some time. So con consistently and continuously doing personal development and self-healing work. And then from there, I went to school for addiction counseling and I became an addiction counselor. I was in early sobriety as well. So being in early sobriety while working with the recovering addicts, and mm. I was also working with court mandated men who had anger management issues. So a lot of them were coming from like DUIs, um, domestic abuse situations. It was very heavy and I didn't want to do it anymore. I, but I knew I wanted to help people still. So you know, speeding up a three, few years, not really knowing where to go, what to do. Um, I found coaching. Yeah. And I actually sat on my certificate. I became certified 2014, probably something like that. Mm -hmm. 
got certified as a health coach, but for four years later, I still did nothing with it because I was lacking the confidence to put myself out there and actually, you know, speak my message. And so there was enough of a clarity to say, I'm here to help people. I love, you know, serving people in this way and supporting these people, but my goodness, the space I'm in is dark. It's hard. There's enough clarity and confidence to go and pay for and work through a certification but then it drops off. Yeah. We see this all the time, don't we? Yeah. Somebody says, I'm confident I'm going to start a thing, whatever it is, from a podcast to a whole business to a program to a family. And they say, here I am, I'm going to start this thing, confident this is what I want right now. And then the excitement drops off. As you said, you said you didn't have the, was it courage? What was it to continue that you needed at that point? I said confidence, but it really was courage, you know, because you can be afraid, but you still got to move forward and do it anyway. So I would say it's courage. Yeah. I also lacked the guidance though. Like the program I signed up for was great at teaching you about nutrition and health, but they had a business coaching component to it, which really taught you nothing about how to build a business. Hmm. And there was no accountability on that aspect. So I felt really lost and confused. I'm sure you can relate to this, but when you're starting your business in the online space and you have no foundation on what to do or where to start, it's so overwhelming. You don't know where to even start that oftentimes you won't even take that step. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, is there a catchy phrase to say about that? It would, I don't know. We might be thinking of something different, but I'm what I'm thinking of is indecision is a decision in and of itself. Okay, that's a good one too. So at some point though, that shifted. You you didn't have what you needed and you didn't have the guidance you needed, you didn't have the courage. And then what tipped the the scales there? What was the the change? Tony Robbins tipped it for me. Sorry, who? I don't I'm not sure that we (laughs) the one and only. How many people have TR as their turning point in their story, I wonder. I know. And I'm so incredibly grateful for it because I didn't even like know who he was. I won Mm -hmm. a ticket and I was at a place where now I was 25 ish. I was sober. I was happy, like truly happy. I had accomplished a lot since recovery. I was a, for the first time ever, an honor roll student. I'm enjoying school. I'm deeply in love. I'm engaged. All these things were happening that were great in my life. And I had this moment where it's like, either there's more for me or Mm -hmm. I'm going to die early because my life cannot be this good at 25. Like, is this as good as it gets? There's got to be more. So I came across a coach who I was following on social and she was giving away a free ticket to Tony Robbins. And all I knew about him was a little snippet I saw of his Netflix video. And I remember thinking how impactful those interventions are and how I would love to experience one in person. That's all I knew about him. And I won a ticket. So I went to the event and that's when everything changed. That's like, that's how I got involved with, I mean, with Chris and Lori Harder, where we met was in their Fast Foundations Mastermind. And I never heard of them before. And then 2019, the summer I asked a friend, I was like, I need a business coach, I think. He's like, no, you need a a community. You got to join this thing. And I was like, okay. I went and listened to one of his podcasts and then he made the investment. It wasn't even winning a ticket. I, I put out real money for that thing. And then you jump in. It's amazing how those connections, those sort of, I'm not sure. And then everyone else is like, you don't know. <laughs> it, and then it starts something. Yeah. 
what did you hear and experience in that space now as we kind of land the plane here? What what really stood out to you? What sh- shifted? Yeah. Two things. I ended up going to two events. So the one that I won a ticket to was the first one. And I remember, like, I can see it in my head right now. I remember him intervening on a woman who had a very similar story to me. And I was legit, like, crying tears of gratitude for this woman because I knew the pain that she was locked in when she was so attached to her story and what had happened to her. But I also knew the victory that lay on the other side when she chose to move forward and to start, you know, rewriting a new story and the meaning she attached to that moment. And so that was the moment where it's like, holy shit. I hope I'm allowed to swear on this, but holy crap. <laughs> of course, um, yeah. I'm a swearer. I, I really try not to because it's not elegant, but. <laughs> you've been, oh, you've been very. <laughs> I've been very reserved <laughs> very today. good so far. Okay, I've been good. very good. Um, so you have this so holy shit like, moment. Holy shit moment. I'm not meant to be an interior designer. I'm supposed to be going, doing coaching, which is what I was doing all along. I just never took the first steps for it. So I came home from that event and I changed my Instagram bio to health coach, but I had not once, you know, created an offer or a lead magnet or anything. I just was hoping that would be enough for people to find me, which it wasn't obviously. So nine months later at the next event that my husband and I ended up going to for our honeymoon, I was had this revelation where I really felt like I was chosen. It was like a spiritual experience. I don't know how else to explain it, but I felt like I was chosen to do this work. And it was really time for me to step up because I either got to, you know, do it, go big or go home. And I chose to go big. So I came home. I like, I knew I was going to have to do something different. So I came home from that event and I hired my first coach for 15 K when I had no money at all no Mm -hmm. job. I had just been fired from my interior design job and no clients. And that's when and how it all started. A couple of things came to mind there. When you said, you know, this, this sort of, I was chosen experience, I think it was Anthony trucks heard, asked this question. What was God's promise to the world when you were made? Hmm, And that. that just brought up this question. I just have that written in my notebook somewhere. But as you said that, this idea of I'm chosen to do this work and then to draw back to your story about this, you know, I was born different. I was born with less self-esteem. I wonder what it is, you know, maybe that there was just some opening up to realize that no, the promise wasn't, you're going to be different. You're going to be less than the rest of the world. It was, you're actually going to help people discover their own power. I love that. That's bringing me so much peace, even in this moment. So thank you Mm. for sharing that. And then there's this significant value exchange of money. You're like, hey, I'll just drop 15K on a coach and see what that does. And there's a lot of pressure put on that. Then it started something. Yeah. You know, as I look at you and hear this and go through this, um, I've already thanked you uh, because I think that you just brought us into so many different emotional uh, levels there and specific teachable moments. But there is this beautiful journey for you going from this person who is who ultimately feels like less than, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just as you yeah. said, from the beginning, it's just, I'm not as good as it will never be good. This is the best it could be or will be. And yet there's this glimmer that I made for something more. And as you shift and you put yourself intentionally into 
treatment into getting help, you discover that this is what I want to do as well. I want to help people. And then it's just this journey step-by-step of discovering how are you going to do that? But it's really been this like journey from you of this little spark becoming this raging fire, this powerful consuming thing that you are here to help others ignite as well. It's almost like there's this, you know, from, from less than to powerful more than ever. I don't know. Going from less than to more than you would think that's like a egotistical or self-consumed thought, but we're all more than like, we all are more than we just have to consciously choose to step into that. I mean, in your story, like many of ours, it's the people and the support that we had along the way that allow us the space to discover that. Always the people. Yeah. I mean, to go Tony Robbins, it's about unleashing the power within, right? So <laughs> maybe we'll get him on the podcast too. Come on. That would be legit. <laughs> One of my dreams as well. <laughs> this is so incredible. And so if somebody is listening to this and they feel a connection to you, which I don't doubt that they will, and they're thinking, yeah, that is where I find myself. I just, I'm constantly com- comparing it feels like I'm stuck. I mean, I must be in a trap. I'm different than anybody else who's doing well out there. It just won't, it's not in the cards for me. And yet there's a glimmer. So if somebody's sitting there with that feeling of less than, and and also this sense of like that, but is there more? And I wonder what that is. We know that you're the person to help them uncover that, uh, unleash that, to ignite that. What's the best ways for them to connect with you to start that conversation? Always Instagram. That's my favorite place to hang out. So my handle is at the Rachel Joy one. And you can just message me say you heard this podcast so I can give you a little shout out. That's right. And then we can chat. Love it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your authenticity for truly showing up and uh, helping us also feel fabulous today and for sharing your story, which was anything but boring. Um, I am so grateful for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation. So please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.